Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Amen, amen. You know, this morning, um, we're just in early morning prayer, and uh, just as we were just, just worshiping, I felt the Lord just give me a, a quick thing that I just wanted to share. Hopefully it makes sense. I, I just, um, I, I, I felt him say that if, uh, if you build it, I will fill it. If you build it, I will fill it. And I, if you have your Bibles, just go with me real quickly to 2 Kings chapter 3. And it's, it's a well-known story. It's, uh, I think it's chapter 3. Oh, yeah. No, it's chapter 4, sorry. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. It's the story of Elisha, and um, let's, just, let's just go ahead and read it, okay? Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few, then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then, then the oil stopped flowing. Then at that moment, the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man, of God, and he said, go sell all the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Father, I just pray right now, Revelation, you speak to us, give me clarity to give what you've, just to speak what you've, you've placed in my heart, and uh, I just thank you for that in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you build it, I will fill it. You know, I, I, I reflect back on moves of God throughout history. I was looking, just, just remembering actually with, uh, with Chile. In um, the 1800s, there was a Jesuit priest that had come from, from Spain. His name was uh, Juan Bautista Canut de Bon. And this was like in 1871, more or less. In 1876, he's at a train station and he finds a New Testament in Spanish, which is rare. Nobody knows even where this, this New Testament came from. He reads it and understands the gospel for the very first time in his life. And he's just like, this is, this is incredible. Now, up to this moment, there has been a, a prejudice against Protestants, has been evangelical believers. If you, if you died, you could not be buried in a place. You had to be Catholic. You had to be baptized in the Catholic Church. You had all these things that happened, and you were just treated like less, less than and here's this man who comes over from Spain, reads the New Testament for the first time because it was all done in Latin, and uh, for the very first time, reads it in his own language, understands it, has a radical encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, and says other people have to know about this. So what he would do is that he would stand outside of the Catholic Church, and after they would come out of Mass, after they'd come out of their service, they'd say, he'd say, hey, did you understand anything about the service that you just sat through? And they'd say, no. Do you want to know about Jesus, do you want to know about this God? And people would say yes. And he began getting these crowds of people where he was just simply sharing the gospel. And it became such 
he had such an impact on the nation that even to this day, people will say, if you're a believer, and they'll say it in a way of kind of disrespecting, kind of making fun of you, they'll call you a canuto after canute. This is a guy that lived in 1871, had such an influence in the nation that to this day, if you're a believer, they call you canuto after this guy because of the far-reaching effect that he had on the entire, I mean, he just affected, he just shook it to, the, to its very core, and people finally encountering and understanding the gospel for the very first time. When Azusa Street happened, there's a Methodist preacher in the city of Valparaiso. We have a church in Viña that's like just super close to this place. He hears, he hears about what is happening in Azusa Street, gets a hold of John G. Lake, says, explain to me what is happening because they have not heard of anything of baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, it's just nothing. John G. Lake says, this is what it is. He explains it. Uh, this missionary named Hoover begins to seek the Lord for this, gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because of that, he gets kicked out of the Methodist church. So he goes right around, I mean, just down the street, and he starts what's called the Methodist Pentecostal Church that's here to this day. So basically, it, 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 he had such an impact on the nation. There were healings that were taking place. There were miracles that would take place. To go to church, they would get a guitar and they would just simply begin to sing on the streets and people would know, oh, it's like hearing the bells, you know? They'd come out of their house, they would follow along and worship Jesus as they got to the church on their way there. There would be alcoholics that would be delivered. There would be sinners that would fall under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and would cry out. And it, I mean, it, had, it just shook the nation to its core. But fast forward to today, there's still the Methodist Pentecostal Church, but you walk in there, there is no spirit. What happened? What happened to that oil that they had at the very beginning? that was flowing so freely, that was affecting an entire nation, that impacted it to its very core from the highest levels of society to the lowest. They would go in to, to just even, even places that were like destitute places, and, and one of the phenomenons that they would see, and it's actually, I, I think, a socioeconomical thing that, uh, uh, that, that happens, people's like income would rise, the level of education would rise, crime would go down, it affected absolutely everything. To this day, they do exactly what happened way back then in the 1900s. And then that day, it was effective, but they've lost vision over the course of time. All they're doing now is sustaining what they once had, but there's no oil. Their thinking hasn't shifted. They live in the now. They love God. I, I, yeah, they love God, but, they, but the, it's like they, they, they haven't been able to break out of a mold and they're using something that is old and they don't realize, some of them do, but they won't, they won't admit it, publicly at least. They, they, realize, they don't realize that that oil has simply stopped. They stopped building, so there was nothing to fill. There were no more pots. There's no more jars like Pastor Daniel is saying, so there's no more oil to be throwing around. They just settled with what they've had and they keep passing that jar from one generation to the next and they don't even know that it stinks. They don't even know that it's, it's, it's just not, nothing's happening. 
What, what, what happens in those moments? I, I, I think of the missionary, uh, or sorry, the evangelist, I can't remember his last name, his, his first name is Tommy. He came to Chile, the, the, the Lord had called him to go to Chile to start a revival. They, 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 they rent out the stadium. They get the whole platform on the front. They're getting ready for the service and they're about to start. And what he finds, he invites all these pastors and what he finds is that the pastors are fighting amongst themselves. Who's gonna sit in the front row on the platform? How's my name of my church gonna be recognized? And there was this all this infighting that is happening he gets frustrated, he crosses over the Andes Mountains and goes to Argentina and is one of the key players of starting the revival in Argentina. They were so preoccupied with themselves and keeping these jars that they have collected that they were never open to something new. In fact, you know, in Psalms uh, chapter 48 and verse 71, and this is King James, the new King James says, yes, Says, this is the thing <laughs> that the psalmist is even saying. As the people of Israel are going through the desert and, and they, they complain from one thing to the next and they're like, Where's, you know, give us meat, give us food, give us this, give us that. It's just one complaint after another after another. And, and God intervening, God trying to have even you know, just, just patience with them. It says in verse, this is Psalm 48, verse 71. He goes, yes, they, they turned back and tested God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel. It's, it's, not, it's not meaning that they took something away from his essence and his being that he didn't have before. It's not like he's made in our own image and if I decide to take an aspect of him that I can take it away. That's, that's not what it's talking about. It's saying that God had a plan and a purpose for that generation, but because of their thinking, because of their lack of vision, God was limited in what he could do. I see, I see it this way. I don't know, maybe you guys have experienced this. I, I know I have. I've discovered one of the satanic ploys of the devil when you walk into a supermarket. Have you noticed that they put the candy at the eye level of children? Right? Am I right? Tell me that's not from Satan. And they have the toys exactly where the kids can see. And they, I mean, it's, all, it's very strategic. And so you walk in there and you're going shopping and then the kid sees this candy bar and they want the candy. And you're trying to be you know, healthy and whatever, like, no, it's okay. And then all of a sudden the kid starts throwing a tantrum. Let's suppose, let's suppose that in this process that's happening, you decide, you know what? I guess it wouldn't hurt. I, I, I could get him a, a Twix or something or Snickers, whatever, right? Let's just suppose, okay? Just go with me on this imaginary trip, please, okay? Let's just suppose that, that you decide, you know what, I've, I've got money, I, I can do this. It's not, a, it's not a lack of ability, it's not a lack of resources, right? And, and yet, let's say the moment that you're wanting to do it, the kid right now is on the floor throwing a tantrum and just screaming to high heaven. So now you're faced with, with a choice, right? If you give in to your child that's doing this, you are training the child, anytime you want something, this is what you need to do, right? And so what you need to do is kind of go like, no, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. I'm your father, I love you, I wanna give you good, you know, I, I, I wanna help you in this and, and provide and, and, and give you good things, all this kind of stuff, but I know that if I give in to you right now, I'm going to be harming you in the long run. So, so God is limited because if he gives in to the people of Israel, he's actually training them to operate at, at a lower level than faith. 
They go from complaining to complaining, selfishness to selfishness. And if God gives into that, he's reinforcing that very thing. So, so they limited his hand. It's like, it's not that he doesn't want to bless. I mean, obviously, he blesses them despite all the stuff that's happening. I mean, they're in rebellion, and yet he's still providing for them. They're still, they have food on the table, right? None of them are getting sick. I mean, a few of them die once in a while because of their, their rebellion towards God. It comes to a point where he's like, okay, all right. But, but, but he's, he's taking care of them. And he knows, see, this is the thing. He wanted to do so much more through them. We know this in Exodus chapter 19, kingdom of priests, right, of kings and priests. He, 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 he wanted to, to use them as an example where they could reflect and, and display who he is in his person, and yet they're not cooperating with him, and they limit what God is wanting to do. This is what I believe the Lord is, is wanting to convey to us. If we will expand our vision of what is possible, he will fill it. See, some churches don't need, don't have a move of the Spirit because they don't need it. They just do everything without the Holy Spirit, so, so they don't need it. It's not that there isn't a measure available for them. It's not that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to move. It's just simply they don't have a vision for it. There's no pots to fill. There's no jars to fill. They can just do it on themselves, with themselves. They don't, they don't need that. Keep, keep your oil. You know what I mean? What, 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 what we're, we're finding ourselves, I, I believe, at this time is that if we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and listen, this is a vision church, visionary church. You can't be around Dr. Morocco and not get knocked around with vision, right? It's to the point that sometimes the people actually leave the church because it just gets like, it's too much. You already wore me out. And Dr. Morocco's thinking, is like, well, what are you doing with your faith? You're going to be sitting around, what, what, what are you doing? You know, what, 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 what are you going to do the rest of your life? Uh, like, like, do something. <laughs> So, so here's the thing, that we find ourselves at, at, at a crossroad. See, see if, you, if you can believe something, if you can have a vision for something, I'm, I'm saying like, like you impacting your, your, your family, you impacting your, your city, you impacting your school, your, your job, wherever it is that you go, if you can create a vision of that, it's like creating this jar and the Lord says, I will fill that with the anointing that you need. And as you step into that, the Lord will expand that and you'll have another jar because there'll be greater anointing. And listen, we're already, you guys are already being stretched. I say we because we're family on this, okay? I'm not carrying the burden like Pastor Daniel, but I'm, I'm alongside there and I'm bald like he is. So that, that counts for something. So, so, there, there's already an expansion as far as vision that is required. But I feel like the Holy Spirit today is wanting to even, even challenge us at a, at a personal level because a lot of times, again, it's very easy to sit back and see other people run with the vision that the Lord has given them. And I just come and go, and I'm not participating in it. I feel like the Holy Spirit is wanting all of us to come, come in, 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 in agreement with him and, and expand our vision of what is possible. Because if we'll expand the vision of what is possible, and I'm, I mean starting in our own house, in the very neighborhood where we live, of what it could be like if the Holy Spirit were moving freely 
in that area. If we could just, just begin to just think and envision, what would it be like if God's presence was manifest uh, over our entire neighborhood? Uh, what, what, what would it be like? What would happen with that? What would happen if we walked into Fred Myers and just, just God's presence and his anointing, the very thing that we have here? See, see, we're not here just to experience something, and then I go home, and I left it here, but to carry it with me, what would it be like if I'm standing in line and I'm just lost in worship and people just start crying around us and, and, and people just start, start just feeling even that Holy Spirit and they don't even know what they're, what's happening, but they're like, something is happening here. What, what, what could happen? See, if we don't have a vision for it, if we can't even just imagine with the Lord, if we can't even think about it, there is no oil available for that. And I believe what has happened in Chile over the history of time is that they just stopped at one place and they had an experience and they, they just stopped at that moment. There was no more jars to fill. It wasn't that God stopped, as they stopped, there was no vision of what was possible. What God is wanting to do here isn't just something that's for now, but he, we enter into this, 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 this relationship with the Father where he, he causes us and he challenges us. Have you, have you noticed the Holy Spirit being the comforter, it doesn't mean that he's a comforter, like a comforter that I put on, I just get all cuddly, cozy underneath it, right? Have you noticed, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed, I, I've noticed at least in my life, he, he often doesn't care if I'm uncomfortable. He really doesn't care. I'm like, Lord, this is super uncomfortable. He's like, yeah, I, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. The comforting part is just, it's like a coach saying, you can do it, I'm here with you. He really doesn't care if you're comfortable or not. Normally, our, tend, our tendency, when if, if we operate only at the level of comfort, it's at the last jar of oil that we experienced. And then we're not, we're not willing to get outside of that because it requires something like, will he do it again? It's stepping out in faith and believing for something. Listen, any time that there's growth in faith, it's, it's absolutely uncomfortable. And you know, you know what that is? You know what's uncomfortable is your flesh. Your spirit's like, hey, let's do this. Your flesh is like, oh my goodness, what is happening right now? And it's screaming out, like, Jesus, help me. He's like, yeah, I'm helping you crucify that thing. He's not, he's not here. Listen, listen, listen. He, he, he doesn't want to just harm your ego. He wants to kill that thing, right? He wants to flow through you in greater measure. And there's many times people go like, Lord, just use me. And if you can use anything, anyone, here I am. And then, but we're not willing to cross the street and share our faith with the person at Starbucks or whatever the case may be, right? It, because it's, it's just uncomfortable. And what if this happens? And what if, they, what if nothing happens? And, and, and what if I share my faith and they make fun of me? And, and what if I pray for somebody and something doesn't happen? Listen, if you don't do anything, there's no anointing oil for, for that. There is no anointing of nothing. Anointing of the Holy Spirit is to be used for something it's as you're doing something in faith and responding like this lady did at the word of the prophet, then that the oil flowed. The moment that there was no more jars, it just absolutely stopped. It, it, it could have kept going. The, the implication in there is if, if she found more jars, she would have had more oil to even sell. A lot of times we don't have anything to give because our thinking is so limited. And this is what I believe the Lord is doing. And listen, his vision is so beyond anything. See, Sarah... Sarah would have been happy just having a child, but God wanted to birth a nation. Had to change and tweak their thinking for a moment. You know, David was just a shepherd. 
and he's loved the Lord, and he was, he's a great shepherd. God wanted a messianic king. What I believe the Lord is, is telling us, and, and, and just as a, as, a, as a very practical thing, is to multiply whatever our vision is at this day, at this moment, by 10, and begin to think, what would it take if we multiplied everything we had by 10? So just think with me for a moment. If we needed 10 times the ushers that we need today, what, what would that mean organizationally? What would, what would it require? If we had 10 times the life groups than we do right now, what would that mean? And I, and I know, part of us is thinking like, we barely are keeping up right now our head above water. I understand that. But if you want more oil, you gotta have a bigger vision. You gotta create the jar for that to be poured into. What, what about even in your giving? What would it look like? What would need to happen for you to give 10 times as much as you do today? At the beginning of this year, there was something I was believing the Lord for, and, and one of the things that struck me, because Dr. Mark was a great example of this, I have a giving goal that is so far outside, it's outlandish. I, I mean, it's just so beyond anything I could possibly do. But at least I have a vision for it. At least I'm, I'm creating something. My thinking is expanded. I'm giving something where the Holy Spirit can pour out his oil. I'm creating, I'm not, I'm not content with what I was, what I was having. I was believing the Lord for a certain amount of money of, of, as far as what I was believing for personally in finances. The Lord said, you're doing this backwards. You need to believe how much you're gonna give. And then he's like, yeah, that's too, too little. And I'm like, is that you, Holy Spirit? And he's like, yes. And I knew it was because it was uncomfortable. <laughs> 10 times, what would, it, what would it mean for you personally? What, what about witnessing and sharing your faith? What would it require for you right now how could you rearrange your time so that you could witness 10 times as much as you are right now? If you don't have a vision for it, there's no oil for it. What, what, what about even in your time with the Lord? Just, just an increase. How, how, what would it look like? What would you need to do in a practical level? Because right now, the Holy Spirit, you're, you're, we're at a crossroads where, where just being nominal Christianity will not cut it. It just is, there, There's no life in it. It will not affect any change whatsoever. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit. We are sons and daughters of that new oil. But now we need a container that we can walk around with this and begin to splash it everywhere we go. And I just want to challenge, I feel like the Holy Spirit is just challenging us today. In fact, I'm going to just ask you to stand for one second with me, would you? And just close your eyes for one second, just on a very practical level. Begin to just think, Allow the Holy Spirit to, to just, just challenge you in your thinking for a moment. What would it look like? What would it look like? What is it that you're believing for? What is it that you're believing for that is even possible? What would that look like? What are, what are ways that you can cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Even today and even now. What, that, what would that require of you? just want to speak for one moment. Dillingham is online, right? Can I just have one minute? Okay. Actually, I, I, I want to just speak to Dillingham. I, I don't even know where this is at. And um, it's just better, right? I, I see just that power of the Holy Spirit moving over villages, over entire regions, where people have said, can anything happen out here? 
it's almost like forgotten places where there's bound by so much hurt, families completely broken. It seemed like it's beyond being mended, it almost seems like. I mean, it's like you're thinking to yourself, no amount of, of, of counseling could ever bring any kind of healing here. And I just see right now, and I, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know if there's a group. I, I, have, I have no idea. But I see that, that, that as you, the Lord has actually been challenging you to do certain things. It's part of expanding this vision and you're not even seeing the fruit of it. You're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. It sounds, it seems ridiculous. But as you remain faithful to the very thing that the Lord has given you, and he's gonna expand your vision of what is possible, you will find that there is more than enough oil to complete the work that he's given you. And there is great, great move of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I see key people that you're gonna cross paths with, people that are it's just, it's just in the family groups that have amazing influence. They're gonna, they're gonna be the ones that bring you in and open doors and you're gonna see entire family, entire generations touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do not give up. Do not give up. You don't see it yet, but <laughs> don't give up because it's happening and it's coming. And Father, right now I just pray, look, just, just individually, I want you to just think personally, in your, as a family, as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a couple, as a marriage, just how can we, what is it that the Lord is wanting to enlarge in our vision? What would it look like? Begin to dream, what would it look like if this precious Holy Spirit, man, we began to just spill everywhere that we went, what would that look like? Begin to just dream with the Holy Spirit, expand your vision of what is possible, of what it would be like to even to participate and be a part, get plugged into this place. Man, be there at early morning prayer telling you things happen, things happen as you connect. So Father, right now, expand our vision of what is possible because what you have isn't oil just for Alaska and it's not even just for the United States, but it's for nations. Oil, as this country or this state is known for oil, it's gonna be pumping into other places around the world and it's gonna be fresh, it's gonna be powerful and you're gonna create centers of revival just as in John chapter four, we drink this water of living water, we become uh, uh, wells of, of bubbling water, of living water, you will be creating like centers of revival where there's fresh oil just bubbling up. And I'm telling you, it's just gonna be absolutely amazing. It's gonna be powerful. And Lord, I just thank you. I bless each person here in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.